Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, an audio program for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And as always, before we get into today's topic, um, just a reminder that we uh, we love feedback. Uh, email us with any questions or comments that you have, ideas for future episodes. Um, and uh, there, there's one that we've had in the hopper for a few weeks that we will hopefully get to next week during Holy Week. My email address to uh, to to give us that feedback is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at S fcatholic.org. So Father, it's been a couple of weeks since we chatted, uh, at least on the air, so to speak, uh, with the podcast. Uh, lots of news since then. Of course, you, uh, most importantly, you were on a mission trip while we were, since we talked last. Well, uh, yes, uh, spring break mission trip with the college students from uh, March uh, 3rd through the 8th. I go down to Mississippi each year with the Sacred Heart Fathers. Um, some of you may hear with the Sacred Heart Auto League. You used to have those little Sacred Heart statues on your dashboard and uh, same people as that, although uh, we don't actually make the statues. Oh, man. Uh, it's kind of fun. We have a, a great little place uh, down there where they uh, do different outreach to people in the communities, uh, building some wheelchair ramps, things like that. Just a great little time for the college students to maybe kind of get in the swing of church life a little more. Have you gone there before in past years? For Yes. Uh, this is my personally my third time, and the Newman Center has gone there, gosh, uh, maybe twenty some years now. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. It predates me uh, by a couple of <laughs> center directors. <laughs> yeah, a couple at least. Okay, um, it, obviously uh, that that's. I mean, no offense, but I know that you would agree that that was the biggest news. But it will. We're we're going to tie into the bigger news about the election of the new pope. But oh, father, talk about the birth of my niece. Oh, sorry, that too. Dang it! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that. Well, ontologically speaking, that might be the biggest news, but that's another conversation. Um, so, Father, you had an idea. It's not ontology. Uh, well, <laughs> so, actually, we, we'll first tell the story. So Father and I um, were getting all set to record. We, pl- we had planned to record um, last week as normal. We would normally record around one thirty, quarter to 2 um, central time, now central daylight time. Um, and uh, a little after one o'clock, I, 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 I noticed something. And I think within a minute, I get a phone call from Father Dickinson, who says to me something like, what again? What'd you say? Uh, gosh, uh, do you see it? Yeah, I said, yep. And you started to say, what do we do? And I said, we're postponing. And that was our conversation. That was the end of our conversation. That was our conversation. We talked later. We, we had Chrism Mass last Wednesday. But of course, the major topic of conversation, not during Mass, of course, but uh, prior to the Mass, as uh, Father, you and I have talked in the years past, the, the, the presbyter from our diocese, the, the, the great majority of, of the priests in the diocese who falls, have, have a day of reflection the afternoon of, um, of the, the day that we celebrate Chrism Mass here in the diocese. And uh, obviously, the, the, the topic was the election of, of Pope Francis. Um, but Father, you had before the white smoke blew. Um, we, we were planning to talk about uh, a, a, an issue or a, a theme, a topic related to your mission trip, or some just your experience of the mission trip, some thinking you'd done. So why don't you uh, why don't you get things started here? Definitely. And uh, uh, so just while on the mission trip, we just the great thing about this mission trip, we usually have around like twenty some students who go is. 
each year about half the students are students that are pretty invested in their faith, pretty involved in, in living the Christian life and uh, seeking it with great regularity and hopefully on a trajectory for a lifelong uh, successful Catholic uh, life. But the other half are kind of those who maybe are a little more on the edge, I'd say, or just uncertain or maybe still a little uh, ensnared or enthralled by different aspects of college life and, uh, or, different aspect, or the different of the less savory aspects of college life. And uh, it's always interesting how doing a little work uh, in this way and a little mission kind of awakens their heart to their own interior mission. Um, of their own need for repentance, conversion, and growth in the spiritual life. And so uh, we were hoping to maybe talk about that. That was kind of our plan, I think, for last week, just talk about how that uh, the need for the Church, to, uh, both as a body and as individuals, to have an exterior mission and an interior mission. Right, and and the... I mean, I, and I thought that was a great topic, and I think so, especially uh, even more so now with the election of Francis. And again, we'll get to that in a bit. But to, one of the things that's, you know, after Vatican II, where, and again, this year of faith, we're celebrating, among other things, the 50th anniversary of the beginning of the Second Vatican Council. One of the things that happened after the council is, is a number of, of commentators uh, within the church said that, you know, it, it seemed like we sort of became focused ad intra, uh, ad intra, the Latin for inward. So a very almost overemphasis on the inner life of the church to the detriment of its life ad extra, uh, its outward life, its, its life of outreach and mission. And, and, and I, I, to me, what, what father, when you had proposed the, or when you, you sort of set forth what you just summarized, um, in preparation for last week's episode, um, that that's very exactly what I thought of the, the, the reality that, um, it, when we, there's this connection, there's this relationship between our, our internal mission and our external mission or, or internal renewal, inner renewal, um, if it's, it's really to be renewal, needs to lead to external mission. Uh, and, and so when, you, when there's a lack of external mission that shows that what's inner re, there's no inner renewal, it's just sort of uh, navel-gazing, so to speak. Um, just a sort of, I don't know, what, rearrange, I don't know. Not, not being attentive to true inner renewal, but simply talking or doing, but without that goal in mind of, of renewal leading to mission. Right. Um, and so, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, but just, it, it, it uh, you know, if, and if we, I think it's, if we see some stagnation in our own spiritual life or a parish, uh, or in the larger church, it's usually when we, we think about that, uh, that lack of mission. Right. Yeah. And that's a, stagnation is a great word, you know, stagnant water. What, what, what makes water stagnant when it, when it's not moving, when it's standing still, it becomes sick. Uh, and there's a, there's a similar reality in our spiritual life. What it looks like varies from person to person for what, what we're called to our state in life, the particular gifts and charisms that we have, we're given by God, you know, what our mission is. Sometimes it's very visible to the outside world. Sometimes maybe not as much, uh, but regardless it, the, the, if, if it's authentic renewal, it, it needs to lead, it must uh, conclude, so to speak, with mission of some sort, and it sounds like that's that was exactly the experience that that you saw um, or experienced yourself in some way. But you cer- cer- certainly saw amongst your students um, over spring break, right? Right. 
Um, and uh, just little flashes of awakening in that way. And that sort of awakening is always a, a need of the part of the church. Exactly. And, you know, so going back to the council, you know, Benedict said numerous times, you know, and by the way, Father, I don't know about your thoughts on this, but I, 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 I do call him, and I think I'm going to continue to call him Pope Benedict because I talk about Pope John Paul II, even though he's not the current Bishop of Rome. I, I know officially it's Bishop, Pope Emeritus or whatever, but I call JP2 Bishop, Pope John Paul II. I'm going to say Pope Benedict, if that's okay with you. It's fine with me, although I think a slight difference would be that uh, a blessed Pope John Paul II is deceased. Yes, so that is a slight difference, I know. <laughs> anyway... Um, so one of the things that Benedict emphasized or pointed out about the Second Vatican Council is it began with the, the first document was the Constitution of the Sacred Liturgy, Sacrosanctum Concilium. And he, and he remarked how, how providential and how symbolic it was that the first document of the Second Vatican Council was not about what, what, what's going on in the life of the church per se, the structure of the church, the church's relationship with the world. Those documents would come later. The first document was on what we receive from God and how we pray to God in the sacred liturgy, particularly the mass, of course, but all the other aspects of the, the liturgical life of the church. So that, that first turning to God in prayer and receiving his, uh, his gifts, receiving gifts from him, um, praising him, adoring him, uh, uh, expressing zero for our sins and so on. Everything that's involved in prayer, and particularly liturgical prayer, then what? After we after we start with that, then that leads to um, renewal, uh, it, it, or that 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 causes renewal within the church, and then that leads to that that missionary dynamism, um, and that's exactly what the intention of the council was that renewal for the church to lead to missionary dynamism. Um, and I think, you know, and maybe we, um, we'll wrap up a bit and transition, but give you a chance for any, any other comments on the mission trip. But to me that that's, that's, that's being played out in the church in our time, but anything else from the, the mission trip along these lines, father, that you want to mention? Well, I think along these lines, I, I would maybe just a little, it might be a little counter thread, at least what I'm hearing, uh, you say you talk about renewal then mission. Um, I don't know if it's a, if it's a step one, step two. I think it's it's an ongoing. I'm pretty sure <coughs> relationship of um, you know that a little renewal, a little mission, sparking a little more renewal, yeah. a little more mission, to a little more renewal, to more mission. Even just looking at my own personal life in that way, um, looking also to uh, in this way, uh, thinking of the, the, the whole charism of the church. Is, is, is a mission charism, um, especially we think of the gift of the church at Pentecost being directed towards mission in that way. Um, but I think, you know, the danger is when we think of just totally mission but without renewal, or we focus totally on renewal but without mission. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. It's sort of that spiral, that deepening. They, they certainly flow back one uh, one to the other and back again or whatever the image there is. Um, I, so I agree with you. It's, it's not simply from one to the other. So thanks for that clarification. And I think uh, a beautiful little example of that actually would be the patron of our new Holy Father, Pope Francis. Mm. Uh, uh, Pope Francis, of course, taking for his name Francis after St. Francis of Assisi. 
Okay, so explain that. Well, I think uh, if you look at the biography, as I'm sure you have, Dr. Bergwald, and dear listeners, uh, look for a good biography on uh, St. Francis of Assisi, perhaps G.K. Chesterton's yeah. uh, biography, or you know, the much uh, the simpler one by Louis Duvall, uh called The Joyful Beggar. Um, I think there's, a, there's another new one out, by, uh, written, interestingly enough, by a Dominican priest. Uh, I don't remember the name of that one. Uh, Do you have any other recommendation? No, 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 no. I was going. G.K. Chesterton's was the first one that one that came to my mind. So. Okay. But if you if you read his life, you see that, uh, um, and you know his story. You know he was a young man, and you know a young Catholic would really not living his faith. And it was in a moment of prayer in front of the church, uh, in front of the crucifix in the church of Saint Damian, San Damiano, which is just down the hill outside of Assisi, um, where he heard the voice of Jesus say to him, "Rebuild my church." And so we started with just a simple, small mission of physically rebuilding that St. Saint, Saint Damiano's uh, church. And that then began that spiral or that ascendancy, if you will, between mission and renewal, mission and renewal that led to uh, the amazing St. Francis of Assisi. And, and it is great humility. I mean, so it became clear to him later that God was, perhaps at the time, our Lord's intention was that he rebuilt literally the physical church of San Damiano. But there was a larger mission as well of rebuilding the the spiritual life of of the universal church in his own particular way, with his, again, his own particular gifts. Um, and, and that's certainly what, what he... And then th- uh, through the, the, the followers who, who came during his lifetime and then afterwards, um, that, that's what they did, uh, together with many other saints at that time in the, um, the 12th century of the church. The, the, this renewal within the church, not merely the physical structure of the various churches, but the, more importantly, the spiritual structure of the church. Uh, and, I, and I think, Father, so this is, you know, I've talked about this since um, the election of Pope Francis. That's, I, I see, to me, it seems, it seems that, that that might be one reason why Pope Francis, he gave a, he's already given a number of reasons why he took the name um, uh, Francis. But to me, that could be sort of a, a, another underlying reason, this idea of, of rebuilding the church. And that's not to say, you know, there's, Father, I, I don't know about you. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I'm getting a little bit tired of, of, uh, People who either think that Pope Francis is implicitly critiquing Benedict um, in, in various aspects of his pontificate early on already, or those who themselves are saying, oh, this is so much better than the way it was before. We're seeing two different styles, and they're both, they're both legitimate styles. They're both beautiful styles. I'm, I, I, I am really fascinated with the, uh, the way that, that Francis is beginning his pontificate. Um, but but it, it's not as if it's, we're going from bad to good. Uh, I, I I'm pretty sure you would agree with that. Very much so. And I think anyone with that sort of opinion there that would trumpet that sort of opinion. Um, remember, just examine their own faith life for a moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a good time of year to do that at the end of Lent. It is. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I really don't understand that. You know, especially when, you know, the man's pontificate is not even a week old. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and of course, and everyone, but that's just, I mean, part of the, uh, nature of the social, uh, media world that we live in in the information age is everyone has all this information, wants to promulgate certain things or certain predictions and whatever they might be. But, you know, we're not going to know until we see it. 
Exactly. Yeah, exa- I'm, I'm, I'm very glad you said, you know, last week people were already speculating on various aspects of why he does what he does. I'm like, let's just wait and let him speak for himself instead of putting words in his mouth. Yeah, and also too, you know, I mean, the reason someone gives may not be their full reason because they may not be able to give their full reasoning. You have to maybe see that full reasoning lived out in their actions. Exactly. So, And also too, I can't imagine how many people are probably trying to place a claim on him, whether through publicly written things or things said to him in private right now. You know, um, I know as a, as a priest coming into an assignment, um, you certainly have a lot of different people that are trying to kind of uh, cast their vision or to get their vision into your vision or to influence you as far as the history or the story of the parish, the location, whatever your ministry you're in. Uh, and so just certainly praying for him, maybe encouraging you, dear listeners, to pray for him for that uh, vision uh, to development on his own and, uh, uh, and according to the graces our Lord has given him. Absolutely. So, so I, I brought up Benedict because it, it seems to me that um, there is sort of this relationship between renewal and mission that, that could be playing out. Um, so for the first, well, I should say, during, with the pontificates of Blessed John Paul II and Benedict XVI, to me, there was uh, certainly not an exclusive emphasis. There was, there was certainly, I mean, the new evangelization began uh, with JP2, and Benedict obviously, as we have talked many times, continued that. Uh, it, it's, um, you were in this year of faith, in many ways, as you've said, boot camp for the new evangelization. Um, so it's not as if it was all ad intra in the last 35 years over the pontificates of, of John Paul II no. and Benedict. However, I do think there was a needed emphasis on the fact that, hey, uh, Catholics, we, we do believe some things are always true, and we still believe those things that we used to say were true. They're still true, and we still believe them. So in that sense, that, that sort of, not refounding literally, but shoring up or renewing or whatever, the foundations of the church in the sense of there are still things that are true. We still believe these things. So sort of the, the renewal of the the, the faith um, and the belief, well, faith and belief, the, the faith of the church so that the new evangelization might be able to take place more effectively in, in all sorts of different ways. Um, the apostolate of the church that we're all called to contribute to, every every member of the church is called to contribute to in his or her own way, according to his or her state in life. Um, we all take that up. And, and what I'm wondering, and again, we'll have to see, I'm wondering if we're going to see that the emphasis on now that we've, we've um, reestablished, um, re, re- confirmed again what we believe and why we believe it now now we're going to put these truths into practice so to speak now this love that we have for god that we've been emphasizing we'll we'll see how this plays out how it manifests itself in love for neighbor so i i'm wondering father if if that's what we might see happen and unfold uh in an even greater way during this pontificate well i think that's always something that we can certainly pray for um, you know, and should be praying for in a certain sense in the life of the church is uh, uh, that ongoing mission. You know, uh, uh, the mission our Lord gave us at uh, His uh, uh, ascension into heaven uh, to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And it wasn't a suggestion; it was a command. Right. Yes. Yeah. And and so so this this next. You know, well, again, the, we're in the middle of the year of faith. It didn't end with Benedict's resignation. Um, Francis is going to end the year of faith. I, Francis uh, has already spoken, and he, and he spoke previously about the year of faith and the new evangelization. 
So I, you know, there, there's always continuity from one pontificate to the other, even within the the differences according to their own charisms, their own style, the personality, and so on. Um, so, so looking a little bit, Father, at this now week old baby pontificate, um, just at the sort of at a, a very human level, I know that you know it, it's always exciting, and this is this is the, in my adult life the se- second conclave that. I've lived to the first obvi- lived through obviously the first one being 2005 with the election of Benedict the 16th and there's just something father you know, when you know everybody's watching their webcams or whatever or checking them or, or 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 signed up for various notifications via Twitter or um Focus or which works with you at at SDSU had uh, uh a texting alert set up for when there was white smoke but suddenly when there was that white smoke I mean just the excitement we we heard it in each other's voices yeah. uh, um you know just and even though we knew it'd be like 45 minutes, I think it was an hour actually before we found out actually, yeah, um, it's still that excitement. What was it like on campus? Um, technically I didn't go on campus. Um, (laughs) that's true. What was it like just off campus? So, um, the, uh, uh, I was actually, I was on, uh, we had kind of set up, uh, different, uh, uh, watching times to kind of be on guard so that we could catch uh, the announcement. And I was actually on duty, so to speak. And that's why I called you so quickly after you saw it. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, and I was with one of my focus missionaries and, uh, Oh, there's the smoke. It's black. Or is it? He goes, it's white. Yeah. And then we just started I'm going to call people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we started calling people and, you know, there's certain adrenaline going and uh, we we're jumping up and down. And, uh, we had a phone tree set up to call people and, uh, uh, by the time uh, Pope Francis came out, there was probably 60 of us, uh, probably 60 of us uh, downstairs uh, watching on the big screen TV. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I have to tell, so, so I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be completely honest here. This is the first full day of, of, of votes. It was the, the fifth ballot um, on which Francis was elected. And I was positive that it was Cardinal Scola, Angela Scola of Milan. I was telling, I mean, not literally everyone, but but the people who I was r- r- coming into contact with, you know, who do you think it is? I, oh, it's Scola, it's Scola, Scola, Scola. Yeah. Your your brother priest, Father Shane Stevens, was here. We were, oh, it's Scola, yeah, that, I. And so we're just sitting there, and and um, uh, the uh, Cardinal Tehran comes out and says the name, and. Uh, Georgium Mariam. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Georgium Mariam? That, that's not Angelum, which yeah. is the Latin form. Like, what? And then, you know, the, some of the other names have been talked about. None of them had um, Georgium, George in English, as first name. And then Bergolium. And I recognized the name Bergoglio from the last pontificate. But again, not at all what I was, ex- I was surprised, shocked. Like, What? Um, so what, what, I mean, that initial, when you heard the name, similar reaction? Oh, definitely. Well, first, well I was a little thrown off the first heard, uh, um, uh, what, what, what's, uh, Georgium. Georgium. And I was like thinking of Cardinal Francis George, which is his yeah. last name from Chicago. And that took me a little moment. And then I was, I, I caught up to speed and they'd already said Bergoglio and Francis, but I didn't catch or recognized, uh, verbally, um, uh, Bergoglio was a name that I that I knew by ear, and so it was a little odd. And the students were kind of yelling, "Woo!" Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I was uh, like uh, frantically looking 
on my uh, laptop. I think someone had a handy-dandy guide um, to, um, what do you call it, um, to the different Latin pronunciations. And right. So I eventually found him, but that didn't help much either because I really didn't know much. Right, right. Um, so, so he, and then, you know, a few minutes later, he comes out, and I mean, I just... You know, they 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 talk about there there is after what happens after um, the, the the voting process. Obviously, when they when the pope's elected, they, he gets two thirds. There's applause, but they have to finish counting the rest of the votes. Yep. So so and and then the they ask, do you accept? And the man says yes or no. But um, Cardinal Bergoglio, Pope Francis, obviously said yes. And then they go to the room where the vest, papal vestments are, and it's called the Room of Tears because this is the time when. Um, Father, I can't imagine the just at the human level, the the weight that that must be. And to, honestly, I think we saw that a little bit in his expression, very a pretty stoic and somber expression to me on his face when he came out. Like he's little smiled and did wave, but certainly and he's just honestly just standing there. And it was just like I, you know, I'm I'm wondering if he's shell shocked right now. What do you think? Well, I don't know about right now, but I think when he was out, when he was at out, that time, yes, yeah. at that time, certainly. Yeah. Um, I was kind of wondering that that same exact thing. Um, I was looking at him because he uh, was a little stiff, wasn't moving a whole lot, yeah, you know. And uh, 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 so, yeah, he uh, certainly uh, seemed a little a little surprised in that way. I was thinking back even to 2005 and Colonel Ratzinger, who, you know, pretty shy man, was yet was waving his yep. arms pretty vigorously, and so. Yeah, yeah. So, so then I was very happy to see the next day, um, he he met with again with his brother cardinals, um, but but there's there's this video you can find from Catholic News Service showing him greeting a number of his cardinals, and he's gesticulating and laughing and and hugging them and holding their arms and just this you know very know, Italian and Latin American um, like I, I, that, that that personality that that well, I, I that that style that I personally love to see that's one of the things I love about the Italians and and Pope Francis definitely has that so we saw and we've seen of course since then publicly just his his, his terrific personality coming out and not that it's about that but but it's after that initial <laughs> First impression, um, I was heartened to see this other dimension of the man. Very much so. So, Father, we got about another minute or so. Any, any, just you know, initial or well, I guess final thoughts for the podcast. Um, but what, what, what we're what we're seeing, what you've liked, or what you're hoping to see, or what you think we might see. Um, gosh, you know, it's, it's we just talked about you know uh, people maybe being too early on some of their yeah. plays, so I'm a little hesitant. Yeah. Um. You know, I just am uh, very excited to just again see how it comes out, and um, also very confident that um, just to allow that I think he'll allow some good things to continue. That may not be his thing necessarily, but certainly something he's going to allow to keep moving and growing in the life of the church. Yeah, and I think you know, again, different styles, different personalities, different emphases within the pontificate, but there's underlying that. I mean, this is these are the successors of Peter. These are the 
the this is the universal shepherd of the church. So obviously, when it comes to teaching and so on, it's going to be more of just that rich exposition of what we believe um, as Catholics. So, so with that, we'll um, we'll wrap this episode up and and draw this episode of ignition to a close. Once again, please do not hesitate to email me with any questions, comments, or topics for future episodes that you might have. My email address: cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. That's c-b-u-r-g. W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Father. And until uh, next time, dear listeners, uh, may Our Lady and St. Joseph uh, pray for you, watch over you, and may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.